I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi. I got my readers. Oh, good. And you know what? Oh, just the readers. You didn't get the progressives. No, that's a whole thing. That's I, I don't have the patience at the moment. These are just readers that have been sitting around. But yeah, I mean, what a difference. No, it's a it's a life changer. I guess what I have to go up, I think. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's gotten worse. What have you done this week? I feel like I haven't seen you for like six days. What have I done this week? Because we're moving. So it's a lot of moving parts at the moment and trying to arrange everything between the travel I have coming up, the travel Anna has coming up and getting all that lined up and booked. In fact, I need to get a number of someone that you have actually, thanks for reminding me, I'll ask you after this, and lining all that up so when the time comes, it can be as seamless as it could be, which probably won't be seamless because moving is a stressy experience. It's one of the worst. It's one of the top bad things in life, right? But yeah, the good news is you're moving closer to me. Thank God. And that's all I really care about. I know the moving part's going to be hard, but... You've been real coy about it, though. Well, me. I'm not going to be a weirdo. I'd rather you be a weirdo if it's from a place of honesty with you than playing coy. Well, okay, here's why I'm playing coy. Because you've been playing, you've been being, you've, you've been cool hand Luke with me about this for a while. I know, but I also said when we saw the house together that you ended up getting, I said, get it. I was like, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. It's five minutes from my house. <laughs> And also all the other great reasons about it. But the reason I'm being coy is because I feel like there's a big waiting game. So I almost like it's like too early to celebrate. Oh, I see. I thought it was you were being coy to play psychological warfare with me. Because if you got too excited, you'd think that I wouldn't. Why? I would That's backtrack. So weird. 
or something. You didn't want to do it. Be too enthusiastic about it in case I maybe when you were buying when you were thinking about buying that house when you had that like five days of I wasn't gonna like call me like get it get it get it because that's also weird. It's not my decision. It's not my relationship. It's not my life. It is to your relationship. We have a very significant relationship. I I know, but I would say Anna and you come first. Well, yes. Yeah. So I'm not going to get in the middle of it and just tell you what I think you should do. It's There's no shoulds in life. It's your life. So I really, I told you what I thought when we saw it. And then I left it, you know, sitting there. And then you called me days later and you're like, we're going to get it. We're putting in an offer. And I've been ecstatic. But we're not moving into that house. I know. But you still are moving close to me. But it's. We are moving closer to you. Yes. Yes. From here on out, we will be closer. I know you're going to rent for a while. It's going to be like a whole thing. I know. But that's the thing I think I'm trying to wrap my brain around is that we're not just moving once. We're moving twice. Right. You have a big gap between the moves, which is great. I mean, these are all champagne problems, but it's just a lot. And trying to get it done prior to filming was a requirement. Because I couldn't imagine doing this, then trying to work around the filming schedule and yeah, th- that whole business. Well, no, that would have been crazy if you had to do that in the middle of filming. Oof. Oof. So Mm-mm. it's a lot. I realize, though, I don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, you say that now, but you haven't moved. I understand. No, there's always stuff. I have a lot of tools. I have a lot of jars with different screw sizes and that like building stuff I have a lot of I understand that but in terms of stuff tchotchkes little things I don't have a lot I know I'm like that too Kate Anna has a lot of books but Anna loves her books mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing to have but little little doodabs and whatnots I don't I don't have it yeah you're not a cluttery person either am I we don't I don't think we don't have yeah but I don't feel comfortable around a lot of stuff I could probably live as a monk Honestly, I could. Yeah. You realize how little you actually need. You don't need a lot. You don't. Did you grow up with parents who collected a lot of stuff or had things on every surface? Is that how the Haley's were over in Nebraska? Wait, say that again. When you were growing up, did your fam- did your parents have a lot of things laying around the house? Like every, a lot of frames or a lot of things. No, no, we didn't. We did have an attic though. And that was stuffed full of, you know, it was sort of before the era of storage spaces when they, those became very popular. So like, I think there was stuff up there, but we would have a yearly garage sale. It was like maybe two sometimes a year. And it was like the Haley thing. And we would go out there the whole, we'd all be out there and we'd sell stuff all day. It was sort of like a spring cleaning, but it was it was a very popular thing to do in Nebraska. And then all the neighbors would come. What are, they, what are the Haley's getting rid of this year? I know. There, there were some clothes my mom had from the 60s and 70s that I can't believe we sold. Like she had these embroidered jeans that I would kill for now that she got from Okinawa. In Japan, they would, she'd take them and they would embroider the sides. Oh, They amazing. were sick. I know. She probably sold them for like a quarter. Yeah, probably. My mom is such an Irish pack rat. Oh, yeah, your mom. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with she loves framed photos. 
loves frames. That's her thing. It always has been. And every there's not one empty surface in the house that I grew up in. There were frames everywhere, just things. And when she moved a few years ago from the home I grew up in into a smaller apartment she could manage, she hired a woman to help her clear out her things because she never could have done that herself. And she had come across her prom dress. Whoa. From the 50s. She had old costumes from Broadway. I don't know how she had those, but yeah, it was. But I mean, this woman is a pack rat. So I think you went the opposite direction. You were like, I don't want to be like this. I, yeah, like make services bare. I don't need a lot of stuff on them, please. Mm -hmm. Like it's a dust collector. I like things on surfaces. I just want them well curated and I want them all to mean something and have value and like, like value in my soul, not value money, but like, you know. That's what I like. I like to look around at every corner and feel something. That's how Mary felt. Mary, everything Mary had there, there was some sort of connection. It was just a lot of connections. My right? God. <laughs> and I don't have kids. I'm sure if I had kids, I'd have their stuff everywhere. You have quadruple the amount of stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, speaking of children. What are you going to say? No, I don't have. No, I don't have some big announcement, please. Did you watch the finale? Well, you must have because we're about to recap it. Yes, I watched it. And a baby arrives. That's not some big news. Can I say what happened to me? Yeah. I accidentally pushed see the first episode of season three. And then that had the whole, the fill in, what are they called? The recaps of like what happened in the last episode. And I was like, what? What? I don't remember. What? When did that happen? I was so confused. <laughs> I was so confused. And then it hit me. I was like, oh. I'm in the following season. Anyway, I figured it out and went back to 13. Okay. And I kind of, things were ruined because I had seen them in the recap. Yeah, that's too, that's too bad. It's okay. It wasn't, I, you know, what did it really ruin? Nothing. I... Boy, was I surprised by some things that I remembered we did that, because last episode, I guessed what the finale was going to be. You called one of them. Losing the job. You were on the money. Not to the degree in which Franklin decided to do it. I didn't guess that. It was so much worse than I pictured. I thought it was going to be a phone call, but no. It was pretty heartless. All right. Should we do it? We can. Yeah. Okay. What's this episode called? It is called, I don't know what it's called. Lacuna. Lacuna? Which means an unfilled space or interval, like a gap. Not sure why? What would be the gap or the unfilled space? What's the gap? I feel like we were, were actually closing the gaps. Was it Jenny? Maybe it was Jenny closing the gaps on her memories. Maybe but it she was, wasn't closing the gaps on her memories. And But a lacuna is an unfilled space. Did we all fill the space that was... That's what it is. We all filled a space. We all filled the space. That was previously unfilled. Yeah. Okay. It was written by Eileen, wasn't it? Yep. Written by Eileen Shaken. And it was directed by Eileen. This was her first time directing. Oh, right. Written and directed. Yes. It's important. For the remaining seasons, she would always do the finale. Right. That started to become the tradition. Yeah. Like a thing. Yeah. And there, I remember she was, she was interested in cranes, crane shots. Oh, she loved a crane. No, I don't know if that was happening because I was trying to look for it, like, was that, would that have been a crane shot? Because they're usually pretty obvious, but I remember sometimes... Are you kidding? I know, I know the money crane shot because I was in it. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Tell us in a second. But the thing is, sometimes there would be a crane on set or an exterior that you weren't sure why there was a crane. But we always would have a laugh when we started to pick up on that. that the crane. That, the crane would be like, well, there's the crane shot. There's the crane. But so I can't wait to hear which one you noticed. And crane shots are a big deal. I know they're a big deal. They're a really big deal. They're like, it's a lot of things to put together. They take up a lot of space. You need a lot of room. You know what they involve more than room is choreography. You yeah. have to have every actor and every extra and every... Exactly. Like, you know, the light, everything has to be worked out. So you go, th- you rehearse it and rehearse it because the camera's going... <laughs> it's like yeah. following a whole thing. It's a story, basically an uncut story, an uncut shot. You know who was always great at crane shots? Who? Rose Trochet. Cool. I always noticed that in her episodes for whatever reason. All right. Let, here we go. Cold open. It's the Sunset Strip, present day. And Jenny is what I thought was the same night. And I was like, no, this is a different routine. It was a different night. So she's now has a regular gig. No, no. At the Howling Wolf. Are you talking about the teaser? The teaser was... The Howling Coyote. The same night. Was she doing the same thing at the Howling Coyote? See, I don't think so, Kate. This is what I'm saying. I think she's is now going all the time because it makes her feel good. This was not the same night. Melissa, what do you think? It's not the same night. Yeah. So because you were the only one outside waiting. But that was a different strip club when we then see the shots of Sunset Boulevard because that strip club after the opening titles was in LA. That's a strip club on Sunset and... That's different than the Howling Coyote under a bridge in Vancouver. Well, that's a continuity. No, that's a continuity problem because it was supposed to still be the Howling Coyote. Like this is where she has her we. It's like she has a residency, basically. Huh. Okay. And you were the only, and you know how, like, I know this from being in bands for a billion years. Sometimes the friends start to fall off. Like at first they're like, yay, we're here for you. We're here for you. And then like. As the months go on, if you have a residency, there's like three friends left or one friend. It's like, no, I'm, you guys are great. You're great. You know what I mean? I feel like that's what Shane was. <laughs> right. Right. Well, does Shane go to all of her shows? I don't know. Or does she just pick her up to make sure she gets home safely because she's worried about her? Could be that for sure. I think it's that. But you didn't really make sure she got home safely because she took the bus and you walked and that's the part I didn't understand. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to take the bus. You're like, cool, I'll see you at home. Right. I was like, what's the... But uh, but to Shane's defense, Jenny said, no, no, I want to take the bus. No, I get she wants to take the bus. But if if your purpose was to go make sure she got home safely, you don't put someone on public transit. Yeah, I don't know. And say, all right, say la vie. I don't know. I'm still on the Howling Coyote being actually the sun, the, the, the club on Sunset. I'm still there, but I'm going to move past it. It's not something you need to hang on to. It's not that important. Well, the whole conversation, more importantly, is about how Jenny's trying to process what happened, but she's realizing she has blanks in her memory. She has repressed memory, which I, w- I don't remember that happening. So, and she also verbalizes it. So everything we've seen for the past two seasons has been Jenny's confusion. She's, she's like, I get flashes of these memories. I can't quite put it together. And she's like, have you ever had that to Shane? Mm-hmm. You know? And you're like, no, I remember my... She's like, well, you're lucky. Right. It kind of broke my heart for her. And then um, we go on to see Bet and Tina and they're 
back to talking about birthing tanks. That's what they're doing. Well, first, yeah, no, first, first we're at the hospital. We are? Because, yeah, because this was a Helena Falcon Crest scene on fire. Oh, God, the scene. Yeah. So they're at the hospital. And the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they have, so Tina's like about to pop, right? This is happening any minute now. And they have one final, what do you call it? Like a checkup. But they're going to have the baby at home. Then Helena pulls up in the parking lot as they're about to get onto the elevator in some Jaguar or something, right? I really wanted the theme music to Falcon Crest to play because this was, to me, above and beyond all ridiculousness. It's also, Helen has done some creepy shit, but this by far, actually, I take it back. There's one other thing she does later on, which really creeped me out. But this first one, she had called, what happened is, we find out the reason she found out where they were going is because she called Beth's assistant, James. And insisted that she that he tell her where they were going because he didn't want to lose his job. And so she was trailing them to this hospital. And then she threatens them by saying, oh, I hope you have a good appointment because we come to find out that the natal unit they're going to where their doctor is. It's under the Peabody name. Mm -hmm. It's on a sign. So she's threatening the health left and and right. I mean, the health of Angie and the birth. Two, can you want to tell him why? Because she wants her to go to dinner with her mother. Yes, because Peggy Peabody's coming into town and she really wants Peggy to meet her. She's heard all about Tina. Yeah, so she's, this is the threat of everyone's, I mean, I'm going to say the baby's life, Tina's life, and James's job all are held hostage to this dinner that with, with, Helen with Peggy. Helena's so fucked up. And and Beth's like, get out of my way. We have an appointment. She's like, I have a dinner with my mother. Tina. Tina. We wouldn't know this because we don't have a memory for it, but how did people react to this character doing these things? I know she redeems herself further on, but I mean this season. I don't know. I never checked into it. Me neither. I mean, people love Helena. We know that. Yeah, yeah, because she has a personality transplant starting next season. Right. But I'm talking about now and when in this situation. I don't know. I wish we could go back to like message boards or whatever existed back then because that would be fun to read. Take a poll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, she's it's I like I mean, red like, flag number six hundred. Yeah, it's like fatal attraction level. Like Helen is a toxic crazy. And I and I with all due respect, but she's a toxic sociopath. Yes. And I think Tina finally picked up on it. I just never. And her whole thing was like, why don't you tell your other girlfriends? Like that was the I'm like, how about all the other stuff, Tina? But okay, let's focus on that part. I really block that. I I don't I clearly don't remember a lot from the season because I don't remember Helena being this bad. Yeah, I know. Until watching it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra brands? And you're like, I like this about it, but not this. Or They're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. 
it's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Loves Bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. We're in the Hollywood Hills. This is my favorite. It is. (laughs) I love watching Dana train. Her trainer looks like the professional athlete. She is. And then uh, she's a she's a professional boxer. I be- yes, she is, and I believe that with oh, with the arms and the, yeah, she's like a real boxer. N- but I love Dana training, and I know it's she's so cute. Training in the middle of the street, and Alice rolls up in her mini, and mm-hmm. you two have your dueling free city shirts on. Ugh. And spare me. And Alice is she's hitting the insecurity train. She's. She's not feeling secure in this relationship. No, because Dana's not making her feel secure. Here's the thing. I really felt bad for Alice. Even though I played those scenes and I am that character, I saw it in a different way today. Mm. And I was like, everything in this whole episode, I felt bad for her. I was like, none of this is fair. Bottom line, Mm -hmm. and it becomes more evident as the episode goes forward, Dana and Alice are very bad at communicating. Yes. Well, I think Alice is good at it and Dana doesn't really reciprocate. I don't think Alice is good at it. I think Alice, Dan, I don't, I think she dances around the, I think she dances around things. Sometimes she says things with direct clarity. Other times she dances around it and is kind of putting feelers out there to see how the other one will respond. But the two of them just can't just have a really honest, vulnerable conversation. That's their problem, in my opinion. Okay. And I like them together. I'm rooting for them. Yeah. But then Alice, oh, no, Alice shows up to, because Dana had forgotten her boxing gloves. And I thought, please, can we get a moment where we see Dana box? Because this is going to be great. So anyway, her trainer puts her glove, well, her trainer puts her gloves on without wraps. And I thought you're going to, your knuckles are going to be regretting that in five minutes. And then once Alice leaves, we see Dana carrying on with her trainer further up the hill and she's doing, you know, pad work. With her, you know, right? And God, what do you God, think? I mean, God love her. <laughs> her little spaghetti arms. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it's the best. Oh, I love it, Dana. Training. I I can't believe how they haven't shown Dana in any sort of tennis world since. Well, after that episode where she almost killed everyone, they figured let's. I know, but I need, I needed as an audience member, I need to see her in that world still. The last time we saw her was in the locker room when Melissa Rivers and Tanya got together. That's the last time we really saw her around anything tennis related. I don't know if we get any next year. We don't. That's what I'm saying. I think that was a misstep. I'm just going to say that publicly. Okay. Now we're at Betts. They're putting together the birthing tub. It's very, uh, it's sized differently than the pilot of the L word, right? Because that was like a tan, like a hot tub size. Yeah. 
and and bet because she's the one who's going to have to put it together. And she's yeah, and and she says this is what does she say? She says something along the lines of right now I hate being a lesbian, which I think bet would be a great candidate for the new business man in a cupboard. Oh yeah, okay, she'd pull him out right there. She's yeah, she doesn't seem like the handy type. But she has the brain and the ego to be like, I can do this. It just has a lot of parts. Yeah. I would be so bummed if I had to put that together. I was like, oof. Because you have to do it correctly because you know that water would be all over your house. Mm -hmm. If you miss something. Mm -hmm. Or Tina does a little jab about Candace. Candace. It was good. I would have made the jab too. And it was great. And I thought, oh, this is proof that She's healed from this. Tina just had to do it on her own terms. But when you can genuinely laugh about it without hanging on to it. Yeah, you've, you've gotten past it. Yeah. And Helena and back together. Also, the big reveal in the scene is that Tina says, I want to have our baby at home. And she's like, great. And she's like, no, at home, in my home. I want to move back in. So that was a good, that was a good like scene for the finale, right? You want that for a finale? They, that was excellent momentum. If you look back at everything from the beginning of the season to where they are now. They've been through, they've been through a lot. I know we, we always felt the relationships on the show were really rushed. And as I'm watching it, maybe it shifts later on, but from what I've seen so far, everything's nicely paced. Nothing feels rushed. Everyone's getting to know each other. The relationships are being earned. Where did this come from it must happen later okay it has to right but we'll see i know i do remember we used to say that about the show i don't know yeah everybody seems good together or their breakups seem uh, well-timed their makeups seem well-timed i don't know good good question yeah. though well let's when we watch season three next let's, year let's because i'm not gonna do this for a while yeah okay no. Okay, so no, here no, we go. No. We're back. We're at a restaurant, and Holland Taylor steals the show, steals the scene. Any anything Holland is in will automatically. She takes be every line and makes magic out of them. I could mm-hmm. watch her do nothing, and mm-hmm. I'd be fascinated. She's 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 I just heaven. Love Holland Taylor. So. She's stunning, too. uh, She's gorgeous. Um, Everybody's having brunch. So it's Peggy Peabody, the two kids that we've never seen. They're back. Helena's kids with Minnie. Well, actually, this scene is a great way is a great way to set up or plant the seeds of getting rid of the kids. They're going They're They're going to live. Because we'll never see him again. I don't believe the New York apartment to Winnie. The Gramercy penthouse to Winnie and the kids. So so the kids can see, I wrote this down, the kids call Peggy Damatihi, Titi, Damatiti or Damateta, something. It's a funny name they call their grandmother, Damateta. Yeah, I didn't know what it meant. I've never heard it. I thought that if I had a child, that's probably what my kid would call my mom because my mom is definitely not a grandma. Is it Damatete? Damatete. I think that's what it is. Some people don't like to be called grandma. It makes them feel old. My grandma was like that. You couldn't call her grandma. We had to call her Muddy. Yeah, I had a Mima and a Nana. Okay, here we go. 
I don't know, Bet and Tina, she's looking at pictures of Melvin. Tina hugs her. They're back together, basically. Okay, we're at the planet where, of course... And then those photos... Wait, but then the photos then lead into a montage, which then takes us to the memorial for Melvin. And it's not a real memorial if it's not the planet. No, you, that, you have to host everything at the planet. What made me laugh? If somebody threw my memorial at a coffee shop... I'm not going to lie. I think I'd be bummed, <laughs> even though I wouldn't be around to see it. You'd, you'd haunt <laughs> them for the remainder of their lives. <laughs> what I laughed at was, we live in L.A. Why the fuck is Mark there videotaping this? That This is when I fell off the couch laughing. So they're panning through the whole crowd. There's Gloria Steinem. And I was like, why is Gloria? I forgot. I remember meeting her, but I was like, why is she in the show? And then... I'm sure we'll find out later. Pan, 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 Mark. Really? Why is Carmen there? Does everyone who work at the planet feel obligated to show, pay their respects to, to Kit? I mean, Carmen's... Well, Carmen dated Jenny and Jenny lives next door to Bet. Okay. Well, Jenny's father didn't pass know, away either. It is weird. It's funny. It just I know it's an excuse. And finales shows love to have a reason to get the entire cast in one place. It's sort of a thing. This show's no different. That was the greatest. But Mark, as the videographer for their dignified father's memorial, amen. I mean, it was. Like, can you imagine Bet going after hearing? Because of course she must have heard about what Mark did to you two, right? That she's like, can you call that, can you call that guy that lived with you and hung all the illegal cameras at illegally videotaped private moments? Yeah. Can you, do you know where he is? And traumatized. My God. Did you see if and he's Jenny's available like, this I'll get Thursday? Right on it. I have his number. <laughs> <laughs> and it also made me laugh. What also made me laugh is when they do that pan of all of us in the audience. We all we all look so bored. <laughs> well, I do remember we had a lot of we had a lot of audience group audience things to do in this episode. So after a while, because you know, it's take after take after take. We did look so bored. <laughs> we, we all looked bored. Whatever take they managed to use, we looked bored. <laughs> okay. One of the Betty members. Prior to what Leisha just brought up, it's after the service and Dana goes up to the counter. And of course, Lara is there because anybody who works for Kit is at this memorial service. And I'm sorry. I think Dana's being a wee bit inappropriate. Dana's being dickish. I'm not going to call her dickish, but I think she's being very insensitive. Mm, she's she's crossing. She's Lara, thankfully, is she's starting keep, to she's flirting. Lara is like, we're not. No, no, no. We're not going there. Yeah. And Lara says, no, no, no. We're not going to do this. And then we cut to Alice and her, her vulnerability is heartbreaking because she's just standing there alone trying to play it cool, even though it's killing her inside. And Dana is taking advantage. And this was another example where I thought these two don't like they their their communication like they're not they're not going at each other head on to face the problem. You're sort of dancing around it because then Alice says, "What do you think about moving in with me?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I found a lot of things that were brought up in this episode bad timing. But okay, continue. No, it's just that I just thought you know, Alice is dancing around it without having to. Dress the elephant in the room. She's dancing around. It's testing Dana saying, how about you move in with me? And Dana says, no, actually, I like this right. arrangement we have. And 
then because you're so insecure in this, you're taking it to a whole other level. I take it too far. Alice is taking it to a whole other level, not you personally. And it's just the cycle of miscommunication. Did anything else happen in that scene? I'm trying to remember. Not that I recall. I just felt bad for Alice. She did bring up, Alice brought up that Dana moved in with Tanya after two days. Oh, yeah. She did bring up that she moved in right. with Tanya after two days. And Dana says, and that's why it went. Oh, yeah. Why I don't want to do that again. Dana needs to pull it together. I mean, you were in the scene. What do you think? Well, I'm telling you what I think. I think. I'm sure you don't even remember filming it, but. <laughs> no, I, I remember that it felt bad. Like it felt like Dana was like, here's the thing. If that was really to happen to me, I'd be crushed. And I would probably pull the same thing where I'm like, I'm not going to look like a weirdo and get to like, I can't handle this kind of stuff because I should and I shouldn't be insecure about it. And so like, this is totally cool. Yeah, go out with Laura. and like that. But if somebody starts to like continue on that path, mm-hmm. you have to stop it because then it feels, you know, like they're, it's like she's playing with my heart basically at that point. I don't disagree. And then we get to later on in the memorial, Bettis sees that Franklin came to pay his respects and he's brought along Leo, Bet's nemesis. And Leisha, you called it last week. This was, this is what was another inappropriately timed bad thing to bring up. Bad time. Franklin's like, listen, uh, Bet's like, what, what, what? Listen. And then Leo leaves. Well, we've, you, we've put you on permanent leave. We're actually, no, we're going to buy you out of your contract. Like at her father's funeral. Kate, what do you have to say about this? It's horrible. But he's an asshole. So why are we he's shocked? He's an asshole. He was it, just there watching her father die in her living room. And then he comes to this and decides this is when I'm going to do it. It made me wonder, what does she do third season? Because I've completely forgotten I think what I wrote last week was better, that it sort of would have been like a, not a reason for her to be fired, but, you know, like she took, she took her leave of absence too long or, you know, she, she did it again, you know, when Tina has the baby, you know, and he's like, look, we can't, we actually, it's not working for our company. We need you here. Yeah. But also she deducts that Helena was behind it too right he said the board and right 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 i did yeah yeah that's true that's true right so crazy thing helena does number 800 then we move on then we move on to the scene that you i that you were just mentioning so we move on from that firing to another part of the memorial where one of the band members from betty is explaining to Mark the benefit concert that was happening later that evening with Gloria Steinem and it includes Kenny Starr and and Betty and Hart and Mark for a night for the Miss Foundation for the that, that's for the evening for the Miss Foundation to to for women's rights and so forth and Mark out of all people could you video that can you videotape that he's the perfect the perfect person to go to here he is. I mean, it's, who's gonna who's gonna tell Gloria? Because <laughs> you know she wouldn't tolerate it. I just don't understand how none of the writers were like this. Maybe let's not make Mark be anywhere. 
maybe let's just not have him in the episode. Did they owe him one more paycheck? And they're like, what can we do with him? Oh, he's a he's a cameraman. So this makes sense. But like not in the context of anything. Gloria Steinem with Mark. Mark at the camera. And then, yeah, which then moves us to all of us sitting with Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Which was exciting. I mean, we were like, wow. Yeah, we were all so excited to be sharing air with her. It was so... I mean, in the presence of a legend. Yeah, like that was something else. And there was this whole lead-in about sleeping with Gloria to get to the point of uh, the feminist mm-hmm. conversation. I mean, if you're going to have Gloria Steinem on your show, you got to use her. So let's, let's get to get it. Let's get into it. Yeah. So basically, that was everybody talking about what feminism means. Yeah, and dispelling the myth that all Mm -hmm. lesbians hate men. And Gloria says, from my knowledge, it's the women that live with men that hate men. And Alice has to bring out that she loves penis. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, oh, is this Alice's little dig at Dana to say? Oh, I didn't take it as a dig. I took it as a like, let's not forget, Alice is bisexual. And Jenny's thing is that not all lesbians are feminists. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the whole, but it was a whole scene with Betty too. Like the whole band was sitting there. It's like they, we were all standing and Betty was around the, the coffee table. You know what I mean? And like, they were kind of like what we usually do. And they were doing like the, the little quips about, you know, the lines we always get on the L word. Where it's like a conversation about something like Gator or like his fingers are longer Whatever. What do you call a vagina? You know, all those scenes we've had through the years. Do you wax? I don't wax. Like all those. But it was Betty sitting and then we were always around. <laughs> it was like their chance to be in a planet scene. It was an odd scene. No question. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, so then we're finally at the big reveal of the concert at the Wiltern Theater. Oh, the, I, I do like, can I say one other thing about that scene? Because it was very odd, but we all get so caught up in this feminist conversation that we do a cheers. And then at the last minute we go, oh, right. And also to Melvin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh, that's why we're here. <laughs> the reason I had we're all a here. sense memory when we clinked the glasses. And this won't make sense to anybody, but the sound of those glasses clinking reminded me of those glasses that we always used at the planet. Like they have a certain prop sound. Did you hear it? No. I think always think of the fake ice cubes that they put in the glasses. We have fake ice cubes inside the glasses. So it, it makes a certain sound when, when we like hit them together. It's such right. a prop sound. It's not a real clinking glass sound. One season we had one season we had someone who was in charge of props that would get mad when we would use the props because they had to reset them. In scenes, they would get frustrated with us. No, no, because of noise or something. No, I'm sorry. It was no. Remember that? That sounds like a nightmare. Somebody got really upset. Maybe I blocked it out. It wasn't fun. That's my repressed memory. You would remember. Maybe I'm not telling the story correctly. No, if somebody would told me I couldn't use a prop, I don't know what would happen. Yeah, that's yeah. You blacked out. But my memory isn't fully clear. I can't remember what department. So we're at the Wiltern. It's the big show. And I was like, oh, right. This is the finale. It was a big concert. Yeah. And there's sad instrumental music with Jenny skulking into the theater in a sequined head wrap in a French music. They kept using French music whenever Jenny was on screen because she has short hair. Again, I was like, I don't get it. This is the crane shot that I was talking about. 
What is it? Because we have a crane shot and we see a Jeep pulling into the rooftop parking and Shane's expositional voiceover is the Miss Foundation. (laughs) Gloria Steinem is hosting because in case you didn't get it from the scene prior, I was the lucky one in that episode to... I, I was like, oh, that was that was looping after the season was over because they're like, well, we're not going to know where the characters are showing up or why. Yeah. In case you zoned out when Mark was getting hired to film that evening, this yeah, is just to let's really bring it home. Make sure. Yeah. Anyway, that scene is the crane shot. Shane. Well, I also thought laughed because as you're driving to park at the top of the parking lot at the will turn, you then tell Carmen where you're taking her. Oh, it's the concert. <laughs> like, can you imagine being in a car for like 45 minutes because it takes that to get anywhere around here? And you're like, where? And asking, <laughs> by the way, where are we? What are we doing tonight? Because I would want to know how to dress also. Where are we going? And it wasn't like a surprise. <laughs> and Shane, Shane and we see, and anyway, on this crane shot, you know, we see Shane get out of the car and she's pulling all of her gentleman cards, right? You know, it's... Uh, I was kind of waiting for Carmen to snap and say, I can get my own door. Yeah, I got it. But you were, tra- it was like, you know, it was the sweet, like you're trying to woo Carmen. I also don't think Shane is used no. to going on dates. So I don't no, think she awkward. knows how to behave. Yeah. So she's just doing. The thing you've the, seen in the movies. I read this in a book somewhere. You open the door and you do this and you make sure they're okay and you give them wine because that's what you do on a date. Like clearly she doesn't do that. But anyway, they get out of the car. And they walk in, they're walking to the entrance and that's where the crane, sh- and that's when the crane shot comes out. And that's where you see the big okay. million dollar crane I would shot. go back and watch it, but I'm not gonna. Okay. So I just want to say for the record, I do enjoy whenever someone has opened a car door for me, a girl. I think it's cute. I like it. I enjoy the moment. Okay. Do people do it for you? Nope. I'm going to do it for you. Next time I'm driving, okay. just hang out in the passenger seat for a minute. I don't want to. I want to get out of the car. Why do I have to wait to get out of the driver's seat and go around to the car and open? Because you feel a certain way when it happens to you. It makes you, it always makes you kind of go, oh, that's the reaction yeah, usually. I'm independent. I got I'm going to do it. I'm going to lock the door. I'm going to get out, lock the door quickly. Oh, no, because then I wouldn't be able to open it from the outside. It's automatic. <laughs> I can just unlock it. I can handle myself. I know I that. I'm trying to romanticize a moment for you so you can feel it. No one's done that for you your whole life. You shouldn't die without that happening. Are we Are we here at the Helena c- creepiest scene of all time? Okay. Let him have it. Let him have it. What is it? This one is hands down. How in the world do we ignore Helena's abuse? And treat her like a normal person next season. Because this, I believe, is the last scene she has of the season. She's brought, she's at the event. I don't know how she's there, but she's there. And she's brought Colby Smothers, I don't know her character's name, to the date, or to the event as her date. And they're making... She's got her smushed up against a wall. And they're making out. And Helena is trying to convince her to get pregnant. Saying how beautiful she would be pregnant. <laughs> She's how beautiful, how beautiful you would look with with a baby pregnant with a baby and and does she not say we should have a baby together or just I, I I didn't I was so scared I felt like I was watching a horror film. She did say we should have a baby. We together. should have a baby together. She went that far as to like, what the 
fuck. Thank God Bet came in and saved Colby Smothers from... Was she about to call the cops? A more awkward experience than it already was. So Bet shows up and she uh, she's Helena and she goes, oh, hi, Colby Smothers, or whatever her character's name is. And Bet brings up the fact that she's been fired and Helen is playing innocent. I know nothing about that. It wasn't me and da, 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 da. And then Holland shows up at the event. How did everyone get tickets to this fucking thing? Is this the only thing? I don't know. I mean, there are those concerts where you every lesbian and their child shows up to the, a certain concert. It does happen. I've seen it happen. I'm assuming it was a night like that. Anyway, anyway, so Holland shows up and uh, the scene is odd. I was kind of couldn't really understand what was going on because they started talking about art. Yeah. That never brings up. She's been fired. No. It, I, it took it, it took an art turn and I was like, eh, like that. And then. But I think the gist of it was. Peggy put together that Tina was the same Tina because she turned to Helena. She's like, D- didn't you have a Tina? And then Bet said, it's the same Tina. And then Peggy saw in her daughter, oh, I have a crazy daughter. And But also she puts it together like, oh, the same Tina with Bet. And, that, and she's, yeah. oh, dear. Exactly. To think that back in the day we had, an ep- we had episodes that included Holland Taylor and Gloria Steinem. I mean, we had the best. I mean, pretty good. I know. Kim even leaned over. She's like, Gloria Steinem. Like, you know, you forget the guest stars we used to get. Yeah. All right, so Peggy knows she has a batshit crazy daughter, and that was kind of it. That, oh, Carmen, no, I'm sorry. Carmen comes, interrupts the conversation. That's how it ended, and said, Tina really needs you in the bathroom, bet. So she runs in. Tina's water broke. And Tina's water broke. Okay. And then she basically calls the, the doula and is like, meet me at the house. Right. And then we go inside the theater and Gloria is giving a speech. This was done in 2004. and uh, Nothing's Gloria, gotten better, Gloria. Gloria and, and <laughs> no, because she says in her speech, a guy in the White House who supports all of the re- religious extremism. I'm thinking we're in 2022 and we're still having that same conversation. Yeah. And then you this is kind of about you and Carmen, because over the speech, you guys are like, yeah, yeah, Gloria, whatever. Hey, do you want to come over later? <laughs> Oh, I know. I couldn't. The, there was a glare on the screen, and I couldn't really make out the the profiles. And at one point, I thought Shane was on top of Carmen in the aisle, asking her to come over later. No, it was in. You were sitting. Yeah, it was behind your heads. Where did you think you I were? I didn't realize it was from behind our heads. I know, but for more, I couldn't make it out because the glare on the TV and it was such a, it was so dark. It looked like Shane was like on top oh, weird. of Carmen. No, no, no. You're right next to her. And you just lean into each other. Like, do you want to come over? And she's like, for a minute, I'll come over for a minute. And then the poet on stage starts talking about, was that? Kenny Starr. Okay. That was Kenny Starr. She's doing like, she's doing like a. Who is Kenny Starr? That name sounds familiar. She was an artist back then. She, she was giving a speech though. The more important thing about. You know, he penetrates me, blah, blah, blah. And then Jenny, they flashed to Jenny having some sort of reaction, which I took as, oh, the memories are coming back because they flashed to the circus. They flashed to the boys in the, you know, field. And then it's not good. It's all flooding back. So you're like, uh uh-oh. And then it turns into a concert. Well, it goes to Alice and Dana. You both look great. I liked my shirt. I wish I saw that shirt. You do. I did too. It was a sweet shirt. 
Alice is basically picking apart every anything that Dana says, really. Because you don't trust her. Right. And then Dana says, well, you seemed a little crazy, which I was like, that's mean. Mm-hmm. By the way, how did I seem crazy? Because all that happened was I supported her going to dinner. And then she didn't show up to the mm-hmm. thing she was supposed to. So I went home and I rolled over and said, I thought I lost you. If that's crazy, then I'm crazy. Bad communication. And then Hart comes on. You guys get interrupted by Hart because then Hart comes on. Well, that I mean, to the end of time, I'll be like, fuck yeah. And you can tell we are all so excited. Yeah, that's my favorite Hart song. It's incredible. I mean, these women, right? What a fucking band. Yeah, they're amazing. Ugh. Right on. Jenny's up front. She looks like Helen of Troy. And she's yeah. a huge Hart fan because she is just yeah. going balls out. It was out. great. I was really psyched about Hart. Everyone's having a great time. My one problem with this concert is that... We're sitting? No, is that there were three bands and the three bands only played no, one they're song, not gonna, which means this event lasted that, well, maybe 20 minutes. They just didn't do time cuts that well. No. We had Kenny Starr. She did her thing. She goes off. Then... Betty comes on. They do their song. That's the end. And then Hart comes on. They do their song. And then everyone's home. I guess we did go home soon. Maybe that's what a benefit concert is. But I also would think if you had Hart, you'd get more than one song. Point is, it's a 20-minute event. They don't even want to play just what... Yeah. Yeah. I kind of took it as like, oh, they're just not showing the concert, which is good. I don't... We don't need to see that. Okay. So we're we're all home. Do you want to talk about the next scene? Isn't it Bet and Tina? Yeah, there's the tub with the, I'm like, this is, I got a little like, oh God, like I wasn't, Why? I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared to watch a birth. I think I was just like, oh, okay. Did you want a warning label before the episode started? I think, yeah, just. I felt bad for Laurel. That's a lot of work. She probably had given birth maybe a month earlier or in real life. She had given birth maybe right. a month prior. And then that's a lot of work, obviously. And then she comes to shoot this scene and then she <laughs> has think? to act it, which is exhausting. Act it out. You know what it was? It was so real. I think that's what took me by surprise. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. I guess that's cutting edge television. Yeah. It's better than watching it thinking it's fake. I think I do, you know, I watch these things at like seven in the morning. Okay. And then Dana and Alice are leaving. They Okay, so we keep, this is one of those, yeah, this is one of those things where we go back and forth between birth and regular life. Okay, so we're back at the concert. Yeah. I don't remember the conversation, the only line. It was something about, I didn't want to come across too smothery, like Lenny with the mouse. And that's what it then is. And Dana was like, well, then don't. And she's like, I really like you. And I'm like, I can't believe you said you like me. Uh, the best scene, I mean, the best line of that scene was Alice, who says, and the worst part is I can't even call my best friend. Right. And talk about it. That is a pickle. And is that the last time we see Alice and Dana? I don't know. I feel like if I think that's the last time we see them. Yeah. So that's it. That's my cliffhanger. Their conflict is sort of a conflict. I don't know. It felt it felt a sort of unresolved and a bit. I was like, "What's the conflict?" Like, I I understand what happens next season, but I know it's it's. 
the ambiguity was a little hardcore. Like you're like, okay, so I guess it's just, you were just like, are they going to make it? Like that's the cliffhanger, which is a weak cliffhanger, but. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) We weren't like stars of the show, you know, it wasn't like, let's really give them a, like a hook. But if you were into that couple, you would probably walk away going, oh, I hope they. Uh, of course. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So. And then we're back at uh, Shane and Carmen's house and Shane clearly Googled what to do on a date because now she's pouring wine. I missed that. I thought you were just making out through the house. Very melodramatic. These two. No, they're poor as wine. She pour, she's pouring wine. pours a glass of wine for herself and Carmen and Carmen takes the glass and two seconds later says, I got to go. It's very melodramatic, these two. I must have looked at my coffee in that. I don't remember that. But yeah, this whole thing. And then Shane, I don't know, basically long, Shane and Carmen are getting together. But don't you start kissing and you go around and then the bad music comes on with your names? Yeah. Carmen, Carmen, Carmen. Thanks. I know. Shane, Shane, Shane. I got it. Thank you. Shane, but I just, it made me laugh because Carmen, Carmen's melodrama with the deep inhales. I was like, oh, Lord. Oh. Oh, I didn't notice that. But I did like, can I say I like the shot, how you just kept going to this wall and then that wall and then they'd follow you in there and that wall and then that wall through the house till you got to the bed. I like that. I don't it. know. The acid jazz melody was really taking me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you had that. And then when you're actually having sex. Then it goes to a Spanish guitar. <laughs> I died. Like, what are we doing? I had to push pause and die it laughing. It was amazing. The scene, the that, but that scene where we start kissing, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget this. In the actual script, it says Shane and Carmen start kissing in outdoors and they don't stop kissing until they reach the bedroom. And it's quote unquote, the longest kiss in cinematic history. Oh. I'm not lying to you. That was really in the script. Is that true? Are you in a... I don't know if the it's Guinness true. Book I never, I never, I never clocked it. But hmm. we had to start kissing on that patio. And I did like it. I liked that you because it does feel like that when you have sex with someone for the first time. It's like it does. You don't disconnect. All right, it's great. Like, I'm glad it registered. You're like a ping pong game. Good because the problem that Sarah and I had was the furniture your faces together. Not only that, but. We like whoever we, I think we shift at some point. Sometimes I'm leading, sometimes she's leading. So, who's ever in charge of leading, you kind of had to flutter your eye open just a little bit when the camera's far away to make sure you're not leading the other into a desk or a table or into a corner. And we got bruised up a lot. We, we would be doing good and then smash, we'd smash into something and we'd have to reset. And so, and it was a matter of, uh, trying to understand your your space. It does hurt. I had a your surroundings while you're smushed together. I had a scene with um, Stephanie Allen in the in Gen Q in the first season where we had to just smash against a wall. The shot was we weren't there, and then all of a sudden we show up, and then and we and we both like I had a bloody lip because we had to like hit a wall kit while we were kissing. And we did it like eight times and we were all, ow, like there were so many like, yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And, you know, Sarah is clumsy and I'm clumsy. So we would just smash into things. When I was watching that, that's when Anna walked in and she goes, have these two still not gotten together? She's like, didn't, didn't Carmen and Jenny break up like 11 episodes ago? Because that's what it feels like. No, it wasn't that long ago. It feels like a long time ago. 
They wanted you to feel that way. They wanted you to be like, when's it going to happen? Oh, my God. It well, now happened. it's happening. It's good. And You're Sarah together. and I were super bruised up. And I could see us kind of smiling in certain bits because we were trying to keep it together because one of us would smash into something. But Eileen didn't yell cut. So we were like, I guess we keep going. I like it. I like the shot. I I'm glad. Cool. I'm glad because it hurt. Well, it was worth it. Okay. So then we're back to, oh, you know, you say you love, I love you. You say I love you to Carmen. During the Spanish guitar? Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's true. It's not a question. At least that scene, at least that scene when she says she loves her, at least it's intimate. I'll take that over some music video sex montage any day of the week. I didn't, I loved the whole thing. I thought it was great. I thought it was shot really, really well. Well, you, I, I mean, the sex scene, all it was, was you like humping Carmen. I know. Was, there but wasn't like, an, like a shot to it. Yeah. But that's what I liked mm. instead of it being, you know what I'm saying? Oh, the, the montage. The, the close-ups of the fingers. The, and the, the, the music, the music video yeah. sex scene. Like those to me, take me out of it. Cause you can just sort of feel the, the agenda behind it. At least this one mm-hmm. just kind of stayed on our faces and it was just us and it was a profile and it was dark and I believed it. Oh, I believed it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Then we're out with Jenny. She gets on a SEPTA bus that looks like it came out in 1982. And those are the kind of buses I used to take as a kid. Yeah. And there were like tokens or something. It all seemed like she went back to the 70s. And the poor, and then Jenny creeps out some poor stra- uh, kid who's a stranger by crying and hugging that child. I think that was supposed to be her inner child it was her yeah it was her inner child but i don't think it was i don't think that was supposed to be literal i hope not because i wondered where i I, and that's why i think she took the bus earlier because it had to make sense she took a bus again it's like i guess jenny takes public transit all right good because i just worried if that was real where is that child's guardian that wasn't real that wasn't a no that wasn't real because the guardian would tell say to jenny please step away from my child you're scaring her also the there would have been a an adult next to the child but there wasn't she was just so it was it was jenny hugging herself like she realized the pain the pain it's all surfacing is what's happening she's it's like coming up so hugging her inner child was the point like we're here it's all here we go the hospital the next morning oh they had to get tina out of the tub because one sec though i don't in the background of that scene on the bus when the bus passes by that old bus from that venus de miler bus was in the background Mm -hmm. exactly exactly that's why i think it was sort of like a cinematic moment more than a literal moment what if that was jenny's real cliffhanger she adopted a random child from a bus (laughs) stay tuned for season three or she can time travel that would be cool. Just make it a sci-fi show out of nowhere. And then Bet and Tina, Tina's had some trouble. She has a, I don't know the medical term for it, but basically they want to. The, the wrong kind of liquid came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. they want to take her to the hospital because it's going to be safer there. I liked how when Jenny was on the bus, simultaneously, Bet and Tina were in the ambulance. And from Jenny's perspective of the bus, she could hear the ambulance siren passing without right, realizing. Sure, sure. I like that. Mm-hmm. And Tina's getting a cesarean and... The baby gets delivered successfully and Bet says, I want to cut the cord. Please, can I cut it? And the nurse says, actually, you can't for uh, sterilization purposes. And I was waiting. And Bet, me and I like- was waiting for Bet to go ham and say, <laughs> give me the goddamn scissors. I really wanted that to happen. 
I said I want to cut the cord. No, it's, but look, bet one in the end, she got the scissors. Sweet doctor. Because the good doctor knew better and said, yeah. Yeah, we don't need that to happen in here. Let's just let her cut, please let her cut the child's cord. So she cuts the cord, but then I think Tina's cliffhanger is, oh my God, is she going to die? Which brings me to. Anyway, her blood pressure drops when, and Bet looks over to her like, uh oh, like I have my child, but am I about to lose my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend? It was another, uh, I don't know, maybe a confusing cliffhanger that could have been a little more on the nose, but I think mm. that was the point. And I do have to say, I remember what? hearing years and years and years later, that was one of the ideas is that Tina was going to die. And I think that's why it's kind of loose because I don't think they made their final decision. And then they ended up writing the story for Dana for next season and for it went to Dana. But I do think I do think they wrote that like possibly Tina wasn't going to make it. Don't know where all the decision making came in or how it all worked out the way it did. God forbid we can't just live happily and have our dramatic sex lives. Someone just has to die. To raise the stakes. It's a big cemetery. The L word cemetery. Anyway, then we go to Jenny in the bathtub. What a beautiful scene you guys did. I think I've said it before. I say it again. This was my favorite scene out of the entire series. I loved it. I loved it. And I remember Mia was very, very particular about the props she wanted to use because I think initially the person who was in charge of props just was going to put the razor that she cuts herself with somewhere. And Mia said, no, 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 no. Like this is a, like, no, it has to be like, a, it, it has to be like in, in a place that only she knows. And it's, uh, you know, a whole thing. I remember Mia was very specific about it. Well, she, she was right about that. It was great. Yeah. So we see her get out of the bathtub and she goes into the medicine cabinet. She pulls out this little tin box and inside the tin box is a, is a bare razor cut to no it was a makeup it was a makeup it was a makeup thing compact mm-hmm. compact thank you i couldn't think of the name and it cuts to shane and carmen get the phone call that the baby has been delivered and they're in the hallway and in the hallway they hear some muffled crying and that's where shane opens the door and finds jenny in the middle of cutting herself and her legs are all like filled with deep lacerations and the range of emotions that you saw Mia go through. And incredible. And the way that was shot. I loved it. I even loved how she started the scene in the bathtub. Yeah, with the water on her head. Like just like a, a still like staring straight ahead and then put water on her head. It was it was an incredible performance. And you were so sweet taking care of her. You put the towel over her. And then you try to give her some good news. And that's a big reveal for Jenny is that she's been cutting and that's how she copes. And that's the first time that's ever been revealed to us. It was great. It made it made Jenny just make sense, like full circle. How do people not like Jenny? I don't know. She's the best character. She is. She's the most fascinating out of all of us. The most layered for sure. Maybe because she challenged, she was really challenging people's patience. Maybe she was above and beyond the show. You know what I mean? Maybe she was better than the show. And people wanted like more of the... the Easy. Surface stuff. Right. I don't know. Right. You could be right. Anyway, 
I don't know if I, I'm not. I'm, it's just a guess. And then cut to the whole gang shows up to the hospital. I didn't know they allowed so many people in at one time. Well, back in the day, maybe. I don't know. I've never had a baby. I don't know how it goes. And we're passing this baby around like it's a fucking hacky sack. I mean, really. Now it's your turn. Now your oh turn. Oh, my God. It's like when people win the Super Bowl and they're like passing the trophy around. And you know what? Not one person washed their hands. And I. Well, we don't know that, Kate. We don't know we that. We just waltzed right in and we say, oh, my God. Hi. <gasps> it's that. There could have been like a, san- a sanitizer pump. I, outside I of the certainly room. hope so. And we pass the baby around. We all meet Angelica and Jenny holds Jenny 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 holds the baby and it's that perfectly timed Mia tear, which is always yeah. the money shot. And yeah, I can't do that. And Pam is holding and that's yeah, and Angelica, that's where we meet. Angie. And Bet says, and not Bet, Kit says, Oh, this is your family. Yeah. And all these people are gonna teach you something. And I thought and I'm sorry to say it, but half of these characters, unfortunately, will be dead soon. So <laughs> maybe not. I'm shocked Helena wasn't there. I was like, what is she going to come in and say? The baby's mine or something. And that's the episode. That's it. That's the finale of season two. It's not just the episode. That was a long haul flight. You look tired. Because I just watched, I just watched <laughs> the episode. <laughs> I feel you. I had to watch it yesterday and. Oh, you've recovered. I just, it just happened for me. I, but the relief I felt when it was over. Yeah. It was like getting a monkey off my back. I even don't know Anna why. Was, even, even Anna said, congratulations. Cause she knows <laughs> it's been. <laughs> oh, my God. I might pop some champagne. I. When I go back. Don't know why I thought second season was the best season. I, t- I warned you. I don't know why I thought that. I didn't hate it the season though. I didn't think it was bad. It was just no. It just felt long. I don't know it what was it long. was. It was long. It was long. But granted, listen, we took we started off in 2021. We took two weeks off. I know people know we took breaks. We're, then we took. I took another week off because of travel. So technically, we're three weeks behind. Yeah. Uh, that holiday and it was didn't thir- help. It was another, it was like two, wasn't it eight episodes the first season? Mm-mm. No, it was Not long. ten. Okay, well, we had three more than last. It was it was long for a lot of reasons. I think third season. I love the show. It just, yeah, it just was like. It's just a lot. I think third season is just as long. Okay, well, we're going to do that in 2023. The only short season we had was in the final season. We only shot eight. That's what I'm getting everything. I thought every season was eight episodes. I don't know why. Mm -mm. Well, to everyone who listened, thanks for sticking with us. Please don't leave because. Thank you. Now we get to go back to just talking about. Nothing. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, whatever's going on. It's funny how we tried to watch this series five years ago, was it? When when we found out the show was coming back and we couldn't get through it, remember we could not get through well, it. Well, we were embarrassed, Kate. We when we first, it had been so long that I had ever looked at that that I to see myself. It was just awkward. I was like, "What? I can't. How am I going to do this again?" Now it's like secondhand. But here we are, 
here we are four or five years mm-hmm. later and we just got through the second season. Yeah. And there's a lot left. Honestly, second season was the last season of the normalcy because we know what happens in third season. And then fourth season is with the after effects. I'm kind of looking forward to things going off the rails. Oh, they will. Good. I'm kind of into I'm it. Glad. Yeah, I'm into that. Because that's unavoidable. Well, thank you to everyone. That was season two of the L Word original series back in 2005. And now we're going to go back to straight up pants. We probably won't get to third season until no, at the it's very least, certainly after we're done filming, because we'll be we'll be taken up all summer into fall. Yeah. And then we'll be in post in December and then it'll be 2023. It'll be, yeah, it'll be the new year. But also there's no way we could be shooting the L word now and then going home at night. And watching the old, oh, no, no, I would no, be, no, I would no, feel no, like no, no. I was in some sort of no, like no, no. tornado. Anyway, what a blast! That was fun, but I do look forward to just shooting the breeze. Yeah, me too. I look forward to it. So I'll see you next see week. See you next week. But I have to call you now. Okay, this was pants. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by Kate Menig and me, Alicia Haley, produced by Melissa Demonts. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. Graphics are by Love Fox. 